Coming up, the Knights of Soken podcast, your favorite source for Star Wars and gaming debate, starts now. Hey guys, welcome to the fourth episode of the Knights of Soken podcast, season three, The Awakening. I'm Vikira Kwan, and alongside me I have Astrock Duran and Jace Drayson. Jace Drayson! Oh, I missed that so much. You knew, it was <laughs> you knew it was on the deck to make it into the show today. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to be back from my break the past few episodes. And what have you guys been up to while I was away? Uh, primarily just missing you. So uh, I'm real glad you're back too. I've missed your accent. I've missed your sweet voice. And I've missed your laugh more than all of those put together. Aww. I missed having a female on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, way, way too much testosterone last few times. On that note, we do want to wish uh, happy trails to Jay Zeal, who's moved on to a another universe to play in. He'll be, he'll be uh, writing Griffins and such. Uh, but all our love goes with him. And we welcome Astrock full-time to the podcast to take Ooh. one of the uh, host seats. So we, we welcome Astrock officially. Yeah, yeah. No, you can't <laughs> use my thing. You have to have your own thing. Isn't imitation the best form of flattery or something? <laughs> well, okay. Immediate <laughs> yeah, is, bud. We'll Get used to it. Um, other than that, I've just been role-playing. I saw a big movie that you might have all heard of at the theater, which was very fun to do. We had the holidays, so there was a Christmas and there was New Year's. Went to some weddings. I mean, real life's been pretty busy, but uh, I have to say, Silken Community may have even been busier, if you can believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to take in now that I'm back also with Silken, so... Oof. But we've got on that later, I think. Absolutely. So, what are you what are you doing, Ashrock? I know here's a, a big kind of thing. You've you've been knighted, so you've made that kind of jump, that leap. You've got yourself a Padawan. How's that going? Oh man, so fun. Uh, I ended up picking uh, Tess Natal, and oh my god, she's such a good role player and just such a good writer in general. I'm very happy. Uh, I feel like our styles are going to mesh very well, and we're going to be able to come up with some great role play. I ended up. Uh, Taking uh, joining Apollo as uh, one of the leaders for healers, so that's awesome. Healers just, just got promoted recently to a master healer. Surgery nice. boys, that's insane. I'm I'm just realizing that here on our podcast we've got a a healing trio uh, <laughs> from. I, I mean, <laughs> what are the chances of that? It's not like healers is a big a big spec in the guild, but here we all are, or a big chunk of us. Healing, fluid. yeah, it really is. Healing and podcasting, that's what we do. <laughs> yes. Alright, well, um, let's get on with it, shall we? Let's do it. Well, we're kicking off this episode with an update on Soken, like mentioned, uh, including our new tier list for abilities. Then we have a review on the uh, much-anticipated and watched episode 7, and I'm sure the guys will have much to say on this. Followed by an in-depth look on the mo- one of the movie's main characters, so stick around to find out who. And we finish off with a look at the sci-fi channel Revamp and what that entails. So, uh, before we start, guys, a little word of advice. Life is a lot like toilet paper. You're either on a roll or you're taking shit from someone. Now for the Soken update. Things in Soken have been moving and shaking at a breakneck pace. First off. What can you tell us about what's going on with the Lords and some of the new brands of roleplay that Soken is offering? So it is a little overwhelming the speed at which the Soken brand is growing and expanding and becoming, I, I think, bigger than, than probably most people anticipated. Um, 
the the Lords of Soken hit the ground running, of course. So, so for those who don't know, we the Knights of Soken's been around since before the launch of Star Wars: The Old Republic. Uh, they started as a, a role play on the forums, and then of course made the guild, and the guild has been in game since in one form or another. Well, <clears throat> in the past quarter, uh, the guild decided to basically plant another guild on the imp side, the Lords of Soken. And so some key leadership sacrificed their investment here in the Knights to go there and create the Lords. And man, I mean, what have you heard, Astrock? All I've heard is nothing but awesome, incredible imp side RP. Dude, I've been, I've been hearing some awesome things about over there. I heard that they've uh, been getting some huge numbers over there and they're, they're catching up to us. But we we got to get going. It's really fun to, to sit in the channel with people who are role-playing on the other side because, you know, I'm real accustomed to Jedi RP. I'm not at all accustomed to Sith RP. It's really cool to sit in the channel with some of their uh, officers and hear them talk about things that, <laughs> I mean, they're so dark side and twisted about skin blistering or, you know, torturing an apprentice and how they're just as um, immersed in Sith RP and making a genuine RP experience on that side as we are on, on the Jedi side. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Um, even even after that uh, wonderful cross-faction that we had. Oh, just some of these people came back so bad after that. And like, we, the Lords definitely had to have planned some of these injuries with, with how bad some of these people ended up coming back. Yeah, and that's part of the beauty of, of having a, a Lord's side. Uh, one one really cool distinction is people are not allowed to have a character in both knights and lords. So you're pretty committed to one guild only. So these are not like it's the same players playing on both sides and a halfway guild here and a halfway. No, lords is a fully functional guild with co devoted members on that side. So when we have this cross-faction RP, you've got people who are really invested in their characters. It's not like you've created an NPC Sith to get their butt kicked. It's, it's people who are role-playing that as their main. And so it makes cross-faction a lot more meaningful. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on on the other side, pretty much, because I'm, I'm a Jedi and I try not to read up on it too much in case I get um, into any kind of Lords of Soken and Knights of Soken uh, roleplay event. So I'm looking forward to surprises. Well, they're you're going to see the aftermath a lot. If you're hanging out in the med bay on Vigilant or on Kamas at all, you're yeah. going to see the, the last role play. There's been a couple. The last one they had, uh, Knights got thrashed. <laughs> <laughs> and there was some gloating that went on on the forums. And it was uh, it was an ugly day to wear blue. The random number generator gods did not shine upon us that day. No. You mean the force? <laughs> yeah. The force was not with us that day. Well, I've also heard that the recruitment is off the charts. Like, what's happening on the recruitment team? And how can someone find a recruiter if they need to? And what's this about a record-setting event night? Not just one. Not just one record-setting night. We had two record-setting nights within the past uh, three weeks, maybe, maybe two, three weeks. Um, prior to this month, the I want to say the record was like 86 online in the guild at one time. Recruitment is... I mean, Astro, are you on the recruitment team? I am not, but I've uh, talked to quite a few members on the recruitment team, and it just seems like, yeah, I'll just I'll just keep uh, hopping back and forth from my different uh, strongholds, posting advertisements here and there, and it seems like they'll post advertisement, wait a, wait a few minutes, uh, keep posting it for a while, and wait to see if anyone comes keeps uh, sends any interest their way, and then they'll. Of course, uh, Adam, if they, they get interest, but they'll keep bouncing between the strongholds. They're they're getting this massive uh, 
recruitment boost uh, for being able to do that and hop between all of those. And what are what is our number like 470 right now? Yeah, we actually had to do a bit of a purge the the other day to uh, clear out some alts and make room for actual members. We're we're very close to actual member base hitting 500 in the guild. Uh, just on night side so that doesn't count the lord side i don't even know their current number but yeah the, the, i believe molin's incentivized recruiting to an extent and i can always tell when people are recruiting because it's like so and so join the guild so and so join the guild so and so join the <laughs> guild so on initiation nights evidently that's our big night now we broke our 86 person online record with 103 which was awesome then the other night on initiation night we broke that record with 104 so i mean it's not all about numbers i'm not saying it is i don't want to just pile people in a guild but the thing is we've genuine most of the time have about 60 to 80 role players online in our guild putting stories together that are quality rpers it's not just a stack of people um and i've never i've never been a part of a guild that's like that never yeah, I sometimes have trouble finding a, a room I can be in on TeamSpeak if I want to, to, to have a private chat. Yeah, that's another thing. We had to expand the TeamSpeak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, not only uh, is Soken growing, but uh, the Knights of Soken, this this side of it, has rolled out a new... I don't know if this applies to the Lords of Soken, but anyway, a new Force Abilities and Lightsaber Ability card progression tier list has been uh, released and set in effect. Now, can you please explain a bit about how that works and how it will benefit the guild as a whole? Lucy, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Ashrock, I'm going to let you take, take, take front man on this. All right, so at least from what, what I've been able to understand here, I've been looking and browsing on the forums, doing my research, and uh, I've been doing my best to try and uh, figure this out. So pretty much there's this uh, tiering system of um, all the different abilities that you're able to learn as um, as an initiate, as a Padawan, as a master, exemplar, um, and all these different things that uh, you'd have to get your council approved on uh, for you to learn. Um, but you only get a certain amount of points um, scaling up at each level. I believe Padawan starts at five, Jace? Right. Um, I think Padawan caps at five. No, no, you're right. It, it's five and then you get one for knight and one for master, so it's seven, I believe, yeah. Yeah, so at least in what, from what I'm getting from it right now, it makes uh, choosing your abilities a lot more meaningful. Um, you're like, how, how would I want to actually build and how would how would this person uh learn these abilities and how would they put them to use is what i'm what i'm kind of thinking here yeah so we've always prided ourselves on being a core lore real jedi role play guild so we don't want to make these characters that are so unbelievably power or or as <laughs> as mullen likes to say the the star of the next avengers movie we want these jedi to be kind of based in lore reality so in the universe what what would a jedi look like well you don't have these jedi that are all powerful jedi the most powerful jedi we know about is yoda and he got his butt kicked so you know we've got to have realistic you know universe realistic characters that was the whole thought process behind it so the council got together and then the masters got together and we pounded out for like two or three months the, these definitions of force powers and where those force powers would fit in a tier list like who what could initiates do what could padawans do what could knights do what could masters do and kind of levelized these then decided you know what's a what's a a Jedi look like if you're a mastered Jedi how many of these abilities might you have 
um, some of them are at the discretion of the council because they're super rare abilities. What we were trying to do is create a system that's both fair and also universe true. It stays true to the lore and also has these characters that are really focused on progression and not just focused on what are my powers I'm going to have when I'm a Jedi, but how to get these powers and how to how to roleplay teaching them, how to roleplay learning them. But also it affects the the combat system as well as far as uh, learning lightsaber as well. Um, you can you can achieve um, beginner and intermediate, of course, um, on your own accord. But then you'd have to get uh, tested um, to to expert by any of the the saber instructors and then to master for by um, the battle master. But these also take away points from your tier list. And to, from what I understand, you can take it away from which, whichever point uh, point allotment um, that you have now. Correct, Jace? Right. So the notion is that if you're going to be somebody who's got all these abilities with a lightsaber, then obviously you spent a lot of time in your Jedi path learning lightsaber. Not as much learning your force abilities. Force so abilities. Therefore, yeah. Right. So therefore your force abilities would be, would be lower a bit. And... You know, at first people, they hear that like, oh, no, I want a super powerful Jedi. My dog doesn't like the idea. She's really mad about it. But then you then you look at it and you're like, wait a minute, this is really cool. I get to decide how I'm going to focus my Jedi. So like Jace, uh, he's a healer. He's always been a healer. I, I just picked the abilities that kind of fit along a healer line. And it's really specializing these Jedis rather than making them the, the cookie cutter know-it-alls, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Yeah, um, there is a lot more to talk about about this, but uh, it's uh, time for our next subject. Episode 7. Let's uh, review the film. Now, it came, it broke every cinema record ever, and it left us in awe. Guys, give me your review of The Force Awakens. Hated it. <laughs> Dude, I, I can't. I can't understand how how I was able to do so well. I went. I went into the, the theaters and I was just thoroughly disappointed. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you, Jace. I loved it. No, I loved it too. And I'm I'm a pretty hard sell as far as Star Wars goes and for Star Wars movies. I was hoping for the best, preparing for the worst, and I I was not let down in any way. I had a few moments of happy crying as well, so I was very pleased. I yeah, was sitting absolutely. in that ultra screen theater, just surrounded back row, top VIP seats, and just as soon as the title scroll came on, I was like, "Oh!" I started crying. It was just so amazing. <laughs> I, I happened to be in a theater. I did one of the late night showings on the night prior to release, so like the seventeenth or whatever. And I happened to be in a showing with, I guess, every nerd in my town. And you know that first Star Wars pops on the screen, everybody's just cheering and yelling, and through the whole film. That my first, I've seen it twice now. I've got tickets to see it the third time through my whole first viewing i'm not even sure i absorbed it i was like a a seven-year-old lost (laughs) in the cinema that feeling of being at a movie has never happened to me in my adult life for sure they they really they really did well with uh that part i would say so So basically we all love it we all loved it here's what i liked i liked that they returned to the mythology in a, a a way that made it feel like Star Wars. They never tried to impress us necessarily with um, visuals. I mean, they did impress us with visuals, but I felt like Lucas for the prequels, he was really just trying to sell new technology. Okay. Like, hold was... on, hold on, I forgot something. Spoiler alert! Oh yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. We haven't said any yet, right? No, we well, I, no. Hopefully, they noticed when I said Episode Seven. But please well, continue. We <laughs> So, yeah, they, they did a really good job of taking us back to the feeling of following a mythic character uh, through a journey. 
through a quest. That that's probably my favorite thing about the whole package. Besides it being just so Star Wars that oh, I got chills. What about you, Astro? More to say? No, I, there, I, I'm at a loss for words on how how experiencing this movie was. Um, being being a sound designer myself, I I was just absorbed by by the sound and how everything just felt. Like being able to feel the rumble just of all the different sounds. Like granted, some of those were freaking loud. <laughs> like some of those like really caught me off guard. Just like was staring off into black black space, and then all of a sudden the tie fighter just comes comes through here. We're like oh. Oh, that scared me a little bit, but uh, I, I, I digress. It was it was just absolutely amazing. But let me take a minute. The, the score, though, the score. Oh, come on! You're talking about like 49-time Oscar winner John Williams. You knew it was going to be good. All right. Well, uh, we can talk about how much we love it, but uh, let, let's try and get into to a bit of what's floating around. Like, there's a bit of criticism floating around out there that J.J. just remade A New Hope. What do you think about that? Was the film just an updated and rehash of the story that kicked everything off? Or was there enough fresh ideas to make the movie stand on its own? It absolutely stood on its own. Yes, he did come back to some familiar tropes. I'm not going to say he didn't. But the reason they're familiar tropes is because story and myth and these lasting... Uh, these lasting tales that engage us are not truly all that different. There's not a lot, you know, when you go back to stories like Hercules and Gilgamesh and, and even biblical stories, you've got these core elements of, um, of a tale that you put, they're very archetypal, let me put it that way. So yeah, he used some of that archetypal stuff, but it, A New Hope didn't invent it. That crap was around from the beginning. What made A New Hope so good was that it retold tropes in a way that was engaging and that's exactly what they did with force awakens they took those tropes they took that universe and they engaged us all over again um were there from some familiar elements yes was it um the same story retold absolutely not i do not think so at all see jace i completely agree with you that um as soon as soon as i came came back and i started discussing it with some people that have already seen it they're like oh man this is this was just already just they just rehashed everything they they just switched swa- swapped out characters and like i i saw that i i just felt like i almost had a bad taste in my mouth after after them saying that because like did i almost felt like they almost didn't pay i don't want to say they didn't pay attention but i feel like they missed things that that i i saw or other people would have seen that i i want i don't want to i don't want to talk around like spoilers but it's very it's a very thing that you'd have to experience i feel astro what was your most favorite scene and why oh yes my favorite scene is most certainly when ray is on star killer base right and you, you you see her on that uh table thing the interrogation whatever whatever that looks like a dentist chair with their interrogation things (laughs) yeah so she's on that but then you you see her going through all this stuff with uh kylo he he leaves whatever i'm trying i'm trying to remember this as best i can it's been a while since i've seen it uh and then stormtrooper comes on like hey you just let me out of here like um no like hey you should let me out of here how about no tries it a third time you should let me out of here i'll let you out of there let's lets her go and then just walk starts walking away and he's like hey you should drop your blaster too i should drop my blaster and just clunk walks away 
That's when she first learns Force Persuade, and you can see the difference between the first two attempts and the third one, yeah. where she succeeds. You can really yeah, see absolutely. it. absolutely. But the even better part is when he came back, uh, Ren came back, See, she's gone, and just started slicing up everything, and you see the stormtroopers <laughs> start walking down the hallway. They're like, uh, nope, 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 and just turn right around <laughs> back where they came. For guards, but they just see parts flying out of that room, and they're just turning around and leaving yes <laughs> it's, it was, moments like that are what made this movie so much better it, the the fact that they could make us feel something so easily and be amused so easily these characters actually had some gravitas to them and it wasn't just you know empty empty placeholders saying lines no what about you Jace favorite uh, scene by far my favorite scene was when Princess Leia came out of the ship and uh, when when Han was, they were at Maz Kanata's place, and it was after that big sky battle with the Tie Fighters and the X Wings, and the the ship lands, and out comes Leia, and that the, the when the music swelled, and there was Han and Leia in their moment. I mean, there wasn't a lot of words in that scene, but I, you know, Han and Leia is one of those classic romances in cinema. And the fact that they automatically had that chemistry. We don't really know all the details of what happened through this 30, 30-ish, 40-ish year span. But, but that, that connection that they still had. First time I saw it, I was in just complete awe. The second time I saw it, knowing that Han was going to die later, there was so much more feeling in that scene that I literally wept. Yeah. Um, now, uh... We are running out of time, but let me just ask you one last last thing. Are there any major disappointments in the film? No, no major disappointments, no. Um, I guess if I did have a disappointment, it would be that there was not enough Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Hopefully next one. Yeah, what next about one you, I uh, Astro? I feel like my, my biggest um, thing was... Probably, I don't feel like they should have... Um, Revealed Ren's face that early. That's that's my only thing. Ren? Oh yes, yeah. Ren. Sorry. Kylo Ren. Yeah. Yeah, it's Kylo was in my mind, not the Ren part. So. <laughs> All right. Well, let's have a commercial then. Enjoying today's show? Interested in joining the Knights of Sokin? If these apply to you, please visit us at www.knightsofsokin.com and click the apply button above. Also, feel free to send a comment our way on Twitter at Knights of Sokin, as well as Facebook at facebook.com slash Knights of Sokin. Now, back to our show. Welcome back to the podcast. And as promised, we'll talk about one of the main characters in the movie. So who is Rey? Theories are everywhere. The film seemed to allude to an obvious conclusion, but is this a trick? And will there be an I am your father twist in episode eight? Ray, I am your father's brother's roommate's second cousin twice or oh Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that to happen anywhere in the in the next movie. No, but do you think it will? Um I feel like there might be a a bloodline link between See, I don't, I don't know, because they said these movies were supposed to be like heavily focused on family, but I'm trying to figure out where I want to draw these bloodlines right now, because the way that I'm thinking of it, I feel like they'd be cousins, Kylo Ren and Rey, but I just feel like that I am your cousin would just not fall flat as a reveal. 
Well, uh, it wouldn't even really be a reveal at this point, to be honest, because that's what everyone's expecting. Everyone expects that that Rey is Skywalker's daughter, and th- and that's mm. the obvious thing. They they alluded to it. It seems like that might be the case. Yeah, she 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 dreams about an island in an ocean, and when when she meets Luke, that's basically where she finds him and such. I mean, she's she's attracted to uh you know her uh, his saber. His saber, and and she has Skywalker level force powers, so or even more so. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, um, so. But but there's there's tons of theories out there. That's the thing that's so interesting about the whole the whole prospect is are they leading us down a a rabbit hole? Are they trying to make us think that that's what's going on when really that's not what's going on at all? I kind of hope so. But I don't know. I hope so too. I've read some interesting things about her being a possible Kenobi. Ooh, uh, yeah, wouldn't that be, be cool? Really cool. Um, I don't know how that would work out. I mean, obviously, she'd have to be his granddaughter at least. Um, but my personal theory, the one I like, is that perhaps she's another Virgins in the Force. Ooh, that would be that- nice. That's an, that's an interesting theory. I actually haven't heard that one. I heard I heard plenty of I, I did hear the Kenobi one. Um, although I was I was browsing just YouTube videos, forum posts, Reddit specifically. <laughs> Reddit was uh, was a quite a good source. Um, I think my biggest one right now that I seem think seems plausible is a Skywalker. I mean, yeah, that's that's what they want us to think, and that's that's the one that that's the most obvious, I guess. Alright, so I guess uh, bottom line, we don't know. We hope that they'll surprise us, but it looks like it's it's going to be a Skywalker. Is that? I mean, it? that's 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 what they led us to believe. I mean, let's be honest. That's where it was going. That's where it felt like the story was going to end up. But although we do, I think that we they do could know. Take a turn. I mean, uh, let's. Empire Strikes Back, the second movie, was when they did the big "I am your father" reveal. They very well could do a reveal like you don't have a father, or it could be Luke Ooh. saying. I am your father. You know, I mean, so we're making the assumption, but I think they want us to. Yeah, that seems, that seems very likely. And J.J. Abrams is very, um, very tight to his reveals. He, he holds them very close. I, I don't know if uh, any of you knew this, but this this doesn't hold any any credence anymore now that the movie has come out. But I think it was like back in... 2004 2006 like one of the like between those two years uh they ended up jj abrams was on a um was on a talk talk show with um mark hamill um he was on a talk show with mark hamill you know like just keeping keeping back to the shadows you know listening and mark house yeah i thought i thought he should have turned to a bad guy at the end but uh they they went and turned it into an everything was all um all um all right thing and i was like hmm before the movie came out I was like ooh, maybe maybe skywalker could have become a bad guy but now it doesn't hold anything anymore so i i feel like it JJ was very tight to his reveals on star trek so i feel like he could be very tight on reveals for star wars at some point there's theories that we'll probably talk about this someday that Snoke is Plagius and Plagius was alluded to have created Anakin so maybe if he is he may have created Rey who knows they keep calling her the girl like they're well known to each other well speaking of uh, Rey so 
Some people scoffed at the speed in which she embraced her powers and surged in ability. She was doing things in the first film that it took Luke three films to do. So did it seem too far? Is she, uh, if she had been a character that joined Sokin, for instance, would we have made her master tone it down? Oh yeah, for sure. If she was a Sokin <laughs> character, we would have had a. She would have been called into the council chambers, and we would have had to add a character talk with her. No, no, no. You can't be knowing that. You're just an initiate. Other than that, do you think it was too fast? Um, you know, it, it depends. You know, the Skywalkers, we call them the Snowwalkers, because that's... <laughs> snowflake. Yeah, snowflakes. That's kind of how they are. But um, if she's a virgin in the Force, then that would explain maybe why she was so powerful. I mean, it talked about her being an awesome pilot. Anakin was an awesome pilot when he was a kid. Um, it talked about uh, the way that she was so quickly able to do the freaking mind trick. That was, you know, uh, a Kenobi ability. So, what about you, Astro? What do you think? I think it is very. My my theory might be interesting because the one one of my favorite theories that I ended up finding in my time browsing browsing the interwebs was the theory that she she was one of. Like a pupil at the um, at uh, the temple where Luke was conducting training, yes. but to but to say but to save her, she had her mind wiped when she was very young, and so she still has some of this training going into this in the um, into this movie and touching touching the saber at uh, Maz Kanata's place kind of brought all that back. One of the cool things. Uh also in that scene was you hear Obi-Wan Kenobi's voice speak to her and you know we've read that it was both Alec Guinness and Ewan McGregor that that spoke to her that also kind of leads you to think she might have been a Kenobi as well um but you know I guess that how how that impacts her abilities progressing so quickly maybe that's why they called it the force awakened when she touched that saber there's some type of awakening in the force that just surged her ahead in her uh her ability to uh connect well, I, I guess time will tell, but um, just uh, a little short feedback on how would you rate her as a character in the movie? Daisy Ridley did an incredible job portraying this character. The emotional journey of the character was evident from scene one to the last scene. One of the big things we talk about when we act, I do a little stage acting myself, is show, don't tell. And one of George Lucas's real big problems with the prequels, I felt, was he told. He told so much exposition, so much story, rather than showed us the story. You know, when we saw Ray gazing out <laughs> into easy, the... Easy, easy, I know. You know how I am, we though. We need to keep it short. We need to keep it short. So um, <laughs> you, you, you would rate her uh, uh, as a... A nine of very ten. Very good. Like a high. nine out of ten, yeah. Okay. What about you, Astro? Ten out of ten would meet in person. You just want to kiss her on the mouth. <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean, even I would. Yes, um, even I would. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not. <laughs> you know. Anyway, it's time to leave the uh, the the subject of uh, the Force Awakens and move on to the Sci-Fi Channel revamp. In 2009, the Sci-Fi Channel left its route and rebranded. They steered away from the spacey sci-fi to a more Earth-based fare. But now they've come back home. With the release of The Expanse and a whole array of new programming, it seems the network is bringing us back to the stars. Overall, do you think the network needed this shift? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, what was the Sharknado? Do you guys remember Sharknado? (laughs) Yeah. I've seen both of them because it's hilariously bad. (laughs) 
I mean, we were getting, we were, and then there was there was a couple of good shows that weren't necessarily spacey, but they were still kind of entertaining to watch. What was um, Eureka? Wasn't oh, terrible. I loved Eureka. Warehouse Thirteen, not a bad show, mm. but it's not what I would call necessarily sci-fi. And I like. How about Battlestar Galactica? Were you guys fans? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. That is great science fiction, space opera, like our beloved Star Wars. That's the type of crap I want to tune into, and that's kind of what they say that they're steering back towards. Definitely a good move in my book. I'll have to end up seeing because, well, my dad, my dad's a huge fan of the Sci-Fi Channel. Like he, he'll, like even when it went went pretty much downhill, just uh, going going Earthbound, and that's where I would say went down <laughs> downhill. Uh, <laughs> going going a lot of those different different directions. Um, he was like, "Yeah, I just want to see how bad it gets." That was his response, and I just want I just want to I want to see it come back to its roots, go go back to space. Because like our one of my favorite things that uh, I'd be I'd be able to do with my dad is like sit down, watch some Star Trek, watch some Star Battlestar Galacta, watch just pretty much anything in space like i was fan i fantasize about space as a kid and i feel like uh that that'd be a good uh, thing to be able to relate to with a lot of people dromeda fasque that stuff yeah yeah the yeah, older yeah programs but you know in that they show. are they are older but they they had fan base followings and those are kind of mm. cult classics uh when it comes to the sci-fi network those are those are things people want to see have y'all seen the expanse i have not I have um, not either. I have mentioned I don't have a TV, so I didn't even know it existed, but I will be looking it up now. Uh, I've watched all the episodes that are out. Pretty good show. Well, speaking of The Expanse, actually, uh, the show is now about, uh, what, half a dozen episodes in? And uh, you've already said you like it, but but uh, give me a more in-depth, like, uh, does it measure up to the Jokernaut that was, as you mentioned, Battlestar Galactica? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to measure up to Battlestar Galactica. Let's be honest. Astrock, have you seen any of the episodes? Um, for The Expanse? For The Expanse. I have not seen any of the episodes for The Expanse. I'm a huge fan of The Expanse. It is a show that, um, it kind of gets back to classic Star Wars, uh, not Star Wars, classic sci-fi roots of telling these big political intrigue slash space battle slash you know you've got your kind of archetypal characters like you've got the rogue you've got the 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 guy with the secret mysterious past you've got this the lady who you don't know what's going on with her but she's kind of got powers ish but not not powers because there's not that kind of stuff in the show yet but it's really good it's engaging the characters seem to have gelled really quickly plus uh it's got you know who steven Strait is yes i suck at names sorry please continue so Stephen Strait is the guy who was in uh, not the craft, the Covenant, the lead witch in the Covenant. Um, he's a he's kind of a well-known actor, but he's got this character who's going to be, I think, the protagonist for the whole series, and it's built around the idea that um, Earth and Mars and the Belt, which is like the asteroid belt in our solar system, are all different political powers, and but there's this other fourth like shadow power that nobody knows about. Anyway great show i highly highly recommend it to anybody listening to the podcast it was just recently in fact i just read an article today that it was approved for a second season so it's not just going to be one of those one hit wonders it really gets back to the type of sci-fi that you like to watch when you were a kid beside the expanse what other programs on the network do you find entertaining and which ones would you like to see go so this, is, this is a this is a problem for me because I don't I don't really watch a whole lot of TV. Um, I Netflix is my best friend. Let's be honest now. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> 
So I'll watch majority of my shows on Netflix or I, I now have Amazon Prime thanks to my uh, wonderful parents sharing that account with me. <laughs> so I'll watch um, stuff on Prime Video, Netflix and catch up on all these things. I'll have to wait a while to catch up on all the shows that people are talking about. But uh, I don't know. It's not, it's not really a priority for me. I know there are a bunch of different uh, like contest shows on there. Like Face Off, I think, was one of them like doing like yep, all the yep, special yep. effects. Sure, I thought that are. was actually... I thought that was kind of cool seeing how like how all the special effects makeup is done for all these monster and uh, sci-fi movies. So that was that was actually probably the most memorable thing, memorable thing for me right now. Um, there, there's a whole programming switch change coming on uh, sci-fi right now. Like like Vicky was saying at the beginning, um, there's another show coming out soon called The Magicians, and there's a little event with something called Child, Child's Childhood's End. And then, I don't, do y'all watch 12 Monkeys? Y'all don't yeah. watch much TV, do you? Nope. God, I'm like a TV-aholic. Um, <laughs> as far as things that I, I wouldn't mind seeing go, uh, I'm not a big fan of zombies <laughs> at all. So there's this show called Z Nation, and I'm to- I'd be totally happy if that just fell off the face of the earth. I think The Walking Dead already pretty much has zombies covered, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah they got that cornered. Um, I was a, f- a big fat fan of Face Off for a lot of seasons, but it kind of gets repetitive after a while. Like, you can only see somebody painting the alien face so many times before you're like, Saint it. Well, I guess it's still changing, so so some stuff is still being revamped, so you're not sure what's still going to stay and what new is coming in. Yeah, because with this rebrand, with them trying to get back to the... Oh, oh, oh! I know a show I like on there. It's called Dark Matter. Oh yes, please. Have you seen it? <laughs> it's it's uh it has a few uh it has a bit out on I think Netflix. Yes, yes, the full <gasps> se- the full first season is out on Netflix. Yeah, I started watching that. I really like it. It's really good. Like it had a little bit of a slow burn, slow start for me. Yeah. But by the end of the first season, I was hooked. It also has some really good chemistry between characters. Well, I know what I'm doing now that uh, now after we're done recording. Yeah, yeah you seriously. heard the word Netflix, so you're good. Watch it; it's right. a good show, and and it also has been um, approved for a second season too. So it won't just leave us hanging either. Had a really good—I don't want to say a twist ending, but it had a really good kind of cliffhanger ending. I've only seen half of it. Then stuff happened. I don't know. Maybe Fallout happened. I'm not sure. Probably, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, leave this subject and head to the second sign-off. Jace, take it away. As always, you can check out the events calendar on the website at www.nightsofsoken.com and notice that we've got 38 events coming up this week, not least of which are our academy classes for the initiates and Padawans. Certainly knights can attend as well um, that are just bumping and a sweating, uh, headed up by our old uh, old faithful Matthias, the uh, caretaker of first knowledge. Uh, we've also got a lot of promotions to talk about. Now, I'm just going to come clean here. Since the last podcast, there have been so many night promotions that I don't think I can get all the names. So what I'm going to do is try to get a list together. And on the next podcast, I will give a shout out to all of the knights who have been knighted since the last podcast. However, we do know some masters that have uh, have ascended from the rank of knight unto masterhood. Want to give a big shout out to Zetho, my boy Boaz, and Yosef. And I do have to give a little pat on my own back, getting a promotion to, to <laughs> council. Jace Drayson, as well as Tremrith Slatvisla. And uh, a big high five to Molin, 
forgetting Grand Master of the Guild, as Leia also has moved on to Ancient Master of the Guild. Now, the Ancient Master of the Guild is somebody who's uh, still giving us input, still giving us guidance, is kind of the CEO and owner of the Soken brand, but a little less involved in the day-to-day. -day. So, Mullen's taken over the day-to-day -day running. Zenlid has been moved to the Dark Lord of the the Lords of Soken, <laughs> and Cadis has been promoted to Dark Regent of the Lords of Soken. So that's kind of the, the master of the order. Jopani was promoted to the master of the orders. Like I said, a lot of promotions here. Anyway, <laughs> congratulations to all the promotions in the guild. We're looking forward to more to come. Uh, the guild meeting this week should be chock full of all kinds of knightings and pairings and, and who knows what. Once again, the guild meeting will be on the Vigilant on the command deck Wednesday evening. Check your uh, local listings for night and time. Uh, oh, I I didn't say the council promotions for the dark side, did I? Phyrexius, Blue, Xenox, and Dark. Congratulations. Darth, which is master on the Lord side. I have to give a shout out to Arvanio, Ave Sacra, Drainen, Dre, Netvarka, Alta Yaqui. That's AKA uh, Rethren, by the way, who turned to the dark and left us. And Jav. Whew, there's just too much. We can't wait this long between podcasts because I can't say all those names. Yeah, you're out of breath after that. My God in heaven. And you haven't even set the nights. Jesus. And I'm not going to. We're doing the nights next time. I'll have to get a master list together so that I can say congratulations to all the nights. You know, Soken wouldn't be what it is without the people who log in every day. And as an officer, I am always humbled by the amount of time and energy people put into this organization. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun to play with you guys. Well, that's all the time we have for today, guys. For Astrak Duran and Jay Strayson, I'm Vikura Kwan, and see you next week. And remember, if your partner says that you never take them anywhere expensive, take them to a gas station. Stay classy, Soken. Thanks for tuning in to the Knights of Soken podcast. Please click the subscribe button below and follow us on Twitter at Knights of Soken. And look us up on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Knights of Soken.